Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi. You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. Um, yes, we are all coming in here grief-stricken, there's no doubt about it, and certainly thinking about the family of Eliza Fletcher this morning. It is hard to talk sports first or have a laugh about what we saw over the weekend with the news, the devastating news that we watched unfold over the weekend. Literally started, John and I were talking about it between breaks Friday. John was like bringing the news about uh, Eliza Fletcher being kidnapped and at one point while well, missing for four days. Uh, did get news yesterday that the body did get news today that the body found yesterday was feared to be Eliza Fletcher uh, was indeed uh, that of Eliza Fletcher found in South Memphis, Victor Street, 1600 block of Victor Street, police have announced. And it is a sad, sad day in the city of Memphis. Not just sad, it makes you angry, too. It makes you angry for the family uh, and certainly for the, the children and the family of Eliza Fletcher who, you know, through no fault of their own, um, just have their mom, their 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 wife, their daughter taken away, right? Um, they shouldn't have to go through this, and we are all going through it. It seems like today. And uh, listen, I know over the weekend, you know, people tweeting out things, putting posts on Facebook. Right now, uh, I think more than anything else, that family deserves our respect. And our utmost, in terms of what our theories were or anything, none of that should matter today. All that we should be thinking about is, is, is what those kids, right, are, are, are going through and going to be going through for, for a long time, um, what that family's going through. And, and again, how do we, do we fix it? How do we move on? We can all get to that. But right now, I think today our, our thoughts and prayers should certainly be with them. Even, even how we talk about it today, mm. we should, we, we should do it respectfully, right? Uh, 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 certainly of the family that, that lost so much, clearly, in 34-year-old uh, Liza Fletcher. Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's an incredibly difficult story to reconcile, you know. Um, Man. Because, you know, it, 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 the, the human nature in us, I think, is to, and I think it was sort of perpetuated by the theories that you would hear, you know, Friday, Saturday, the, the human nature is to hope that this was not random. The, the human nature is to hope that this was orchestrated, Right, that it was not just a complete random act, 
uh, because we as humans find that comforting, right? We find, oh, well, they knew the, the, the victim and the suspect knew each other, right? Um, and in this case, as confirmed by uh, District Attorney Steve Mulroy uh, in a news conference just a few minutes ago, uh, quote, we have no reason to believe this was anything but an isolated attack from a stranger. And that is horrifying. It is evil, and there is no mm-hmm. justification or reasoning or motive that is going to ever be good enough to explain why it happened. Um, and I think that's the that's among the hardest parts of the story, just as a Memphian walking around today, is that this could have been anybody. Anybody. It could have been, you know, my wife is a teacher. If she was jogging at 430, it could have been your wife. It could have been anybody's wife. Um, and, of course, as, as you mentioned, you know, the family and, and uh, the grieving that is only beginning there. So, yeah, uh, we, we will talk about this today here on the show. We will not spend the entire show on it because um, I, think, I think Jeff covered, you know, a lot. And I think, you know, at some point there are other things that we do need to get to, but we will discuss this. Jessica Bitson is going to join us at 1125. And then Trista Crick is going to join us at 125. You know, this is a story that uh, it, it, it impacted me in a way that I don't think it, it would have two years ago uh, because I am now the father of a year-and-a-half-old little girl. And my I was raised by a single mom, and I have three sisters-in-law. And, you know, you, you just think about the the – the, the the female experience right we put a lot of uh, we put a lot of the burden on the woman uh, you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't be wearing that you shouldn't be going here um, but but it feels like we're never we're never inclined to talk about the things that we can do differently the things that we can change right it's always about what they shouldn't be doing as opposed to what we need to change um, and yeah, I I don't know if you're you know if you're driving around out there and you're the you're the father father of a young girl. I don't know how your mind doesn't go there because the, like I, I can't protect Riley forever. You know what I'm saying? Right. I also want to be careful to not paint with such a broad brush too. You know, I mean, yes, this did happen in Memphis. Does this define Memphis? Does this characterize Memphis? Um. I, I don't think it has to. I think it's a black eye. I think it's a very dark day, an event for Memphis. There is no doubt about that. There is no hiding or running from that. But I think we can we can talk about the gravity of it and the sadness of it and the tragedy of it without completely throwing Memphis, you know, uh, with it. So I think that's the those are the you know the difficult. Um, you know, people will try to make this racial. People will try to make this political. It's already happening, right? The mm-hmm. discourse around this has been grotesque, I think, in many ways. Uh, but it, it was a random act. And, you know, I think I think that's kind of where I, I, I would leave it. Well, it looks like by, by a man who's got a history of it. doesn't look like it, I mean, he did. You know, kidnapped a lawyer at one point, put the lawyer in the trunk, took him around to ATMs, and who knows if that was his plan uh, for Eliza Fletcher. But what I, what, what I am stuck with is when I read the, you know, the details about how his slides were in the street. Yeah. And it sounds like, too, she, she might have in her struggle, you know, to stay out of the car, broken the, the tail light or something's reading about on the back. There was some damage to the back of the car. A little bit of speculation there. But the the fight. Right. Right. And, and you just, uh, 
you think about what we're sitting up here saying, okay, well, what does it mean for city? And, and you just think about the what ifs, right? If, if, if she just, if, if there'd been somebody driving by at that point or anything else, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we can sit there and try to bottom line this about our city or whatever else, but there's so many, if, if she, if she just been, you know, maybe she's not feeling well that morning, right? And yep. she doesn't go out that morning for the run. So many things have to line up for this to happen. You got to take that into account. You know what I'm saying? Tragically, uh, you have to take that into account. And I'm, and, but I'm just stuck with, this woman clearly fought for her life, and you just wish there was somebody that, there that could have helped her out. Because I think about the cowardice, right, the involved in sitting there and waiting on her and what must have been in his hand, right, that he, because you read about how he's trying to get blood out of the back of the seat, so he obviously probably had a weapon and just the cowardice involved in that. It makes you angry. It makes you want to fight with her. But, uh, again, you know, all those things are lined up, and unfortunately, you know, we weren't there. And again, it's not just this cases. We we we've seen it in recent cases. Um, you know, I had a, a a colleague of ours, former colleague. Her name hadn't been spoken today because her her case was a little bit weird. But Yvonne Nelson was the victim of a, a of a of a shooting death. Worked down with us at the Commercial Appeal recently. Uh, we saw the pastor in Whitehaven. Like so many things have to line up for these things to go wrong. And and guys, at in the end of it, you know what I keep going evil. Yeah. And you can't, you can't, right? Evil's going to happen everywhere. Yeah. Right? And, and again, a lot of things have to line up. And you can, we can call it, someone's called the devil, whatever else. A lot of things have to line up for, for this evil to transpire. Um, I just wish it was different for the family. I wish it was different for everybody that Eliza Fletcher's touched, obviously, in that 34-year-old life. She lived, and she fought there at the end. And, um, yeah, again, it's, it's hard to think about this without thinking about your wife or your your sister or whatever. We're all putting ourselves on our sh- but I, But I keep going back to this is evil. I want to pray for the family and out of respect. I don't want to have it uh, you know, talk about it all day because, again, those kids have got to go back to school yeah. where everybody's talking about this too, and, they, yeah. and they've got the, this hovering over them now. And so I, I don't say to, to stop short and, oh, we shouldn't talk about this and sweep it under the rug because it's embarrassing. No, I say it out of respect that we've got to give them folks their, their privacy right now you know, and everything else, and 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 at the forefront of it are our thoughts and prayers. Yeah, and I and I do think that is the that is the bottom. There's no line. way to perfectly bottom line well, this and, at all. We're y- thinking about the family. Yeah, today. because there is like the, there is like this pressure, right? Like you know, Jeff basically spent his entire show uh, on on this event, and you know there there is this pressure to have this you know okay grand conclusion about uh what this means for memphis and 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 how we feel and what our perception is and how we're going to be perceived um and i really like i just i'm with you on it i i think it wasn't a random act of pure evil and that is like that is among the most difficult outcomes to to sift through psychologically because like you 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 can't explain you, it away. You, you can't stop evil, and evil's going to happen. People always want to make sense of things. You know that's what they want. That's what our, our our human nature is to. Okay, well we need to make sense of why this happened. Well there is no sense in it. It it just happened. You know, and that's like that is not comforting. No. You know that is that is the opposite of comforting. It is horrifying. It is terrifying. It is it is like it, it could have been you. It could have been anybody. And there is no solace in that. Right. People want solace. People want salvation there is none to be found in this case other than the fact that they at least recovered her and that the family is going to have that bit of closure um that that i think is the only salvation in the entire story um 
And and so, yeah, like we said, we're 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 not going to spend the entire show on it. Um, but but our our thoughts and and prayers do uh, extend out to the families uh, involved. You know, and 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 man, you know, some 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 some, and, I, and I'll just say this out. You know, the husband, I, I, his name got dragged through the mud in Memphis. Well, I saw it. Um, and he. According to anybody involved with the case, had nothing to do with this. So, so he is grieving fifteen times over for his children, for his wife, for the mother of his kids, for him being falsely accused throughout Memphis. I mean, people were saying because I was seeing him, people were saying some absolutely horrible things about him. Um, and so, I, 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 I sympathize with him especially today too because he's having to pick up all kinds of pieces, um, and that's not easy. And I know, you know, I won't get into the personal stuff, but, but, I, but, I, but yes. While I, trying to have to protect his kids. I, I mean, it's just impossible. Going on around. It's an impossible While he's situation. Some of those it's an impossible arrows. situation. And, and, and also, like you mentioned, this does, not, this does not diminish other victims in Memphis either, right? They, the, those victims matter as well. Um, I don't think we only have capacity to just talk about one. I think that there was a, there was a high-profile nature of this case given the location of it. Given the family that she came from, there's no doubt about that. The dynamics were different, um, but it's not to take away from anybody else because Lord knows we have a lot of them in in the city. So yeah, we do. Um, that was uh, that was a very very hard one, hard one to take this weekend. We're going to attempt to move on. We're going to attempt to transition, and there's no smooth way to do that. Uh, but we're going to do it. Uh, Memphis football played its first game of the season this weekend down in Starkville. And Feels like it was. A week ago, it does. Those, oh, with everything that's transpired over the weekend. Let me say one last thing. Kudos to uh, law enforcement. Yeah, how quickly? Yes, bro. I mean, my the, the case happened Friday. That, the guy was identified by Saturday morning. Body was recovered on Monday. Um, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I and I, you know, they take their hits, their fair share. I say the same thing about Yvonne Nelson again, who was killed out in Raleigh. You know, initially they didn't know if it was from a carjack and whatever else. In this case, there was video, too, of it where the young lady at one time, she's just a person of interest, but she fired a gun as Yvonne was. But back to the point, you know, they, they, they arrested someone. And, again, I, I echo your, your sentiments there in, in saluting them for, again, in, whether it's in, been with, with, with Eliza or other recent murders just on moving out. They, they take their – because we have so many murders. Yep. Right, they 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 take their fair share of hits for what they care about and what they don't, but um, they clearly moved quickly on this one. And I, I was talking to a police officer friend that doesn't serve it and on others. The he said his understanding is that a lot of the resources used were their own, right? Like they didn't get a lot of you know. I know the FBI was here, but a, a lot of the resources used mm-hmm. were Memphis Police Department. So kudos to them for uh, for for getting this thing figured out in in a, in a long weekend it is, it's it's pretty remarkable uh but yes Memphis uh, went down to Mississippi state and uh who buddy that was tough that was a tough one not only because the the game itself but the lightning delay right i mean you had to wait two and a half hours essentially <laughs> yeah, yeah man it, it was getting tough to 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 stay up through it i tell you that and it was not worth the wait by any stretch of the imagination i mean maybe if you were a Mississippi state fan it was Right, that was a showcase they put on. Mm-hmm. That was like the, uh, you know, uh, the, the burrito football rattlers. Did, did did you? Because I read a couple of columns. Did you come through alarmed? There seemed to be a sense of alarm. 
maybe maybe alarm is too strong, but strong concern based on how bad that first half was for Memphis, the number of drops, the number of missed tackles. Did you come through more concerned about this Memphis football team because we both said we expect 0-1, and frankly, John, we, accept, we said we expected a score like this. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you come out in terms of your confidence level come through that how, when you look at the rest of the year? I did not come away. Like, did it come down? Yes, All it right. did. It did because, uh, I mean, it was they had three points at the half. They had, like, what, 28 yards at the half? When Mississippi State was actually, like, locked in and they cared about the game, right, and they weren't giving up garbage time touchdowns, um, Memphis was able to get absolutely nothing going. And – where are the playmakers? Like, I know Ducker had a 50-yard run in the second half. I get that. But, like, the, the absence of Calvin Austin and Sean Dykes was felt in a major, major way. And I did not see on that receiving core, I did not see a guy that's going to be able to step in and and just consistently, like, say he's going to make a play for you. Um, and I think that's that's going to be the biggest issue I think for Memphis this season is they really just don't have that guy on this roster, it seems like. Um, now, could I be overreacting to one SEC opponent? I could. Uh, yes, you could. I could. But I also think I could be right in that there's not a guy that emerges that you can rely on. Memphis has always, always had that guy. You know, we talk about quarterback play, and that's true. But there's always been an Anthony Miller. There's always been a Calvin Austin. There's always been a Daryl Henderson, a Kenny Gainwell. You know, there's always been one dude, Antonio Gibson, multiple in some years, right? Daryl Henderson, who you can point to and say, all right, when when it's time, this guy's going to go make a play for me. Joey Magnifico, I'll even throw in there. He would make plays for you. I just don't know. And, and, and look, it could he could emerge. He could emerge. But I don't see him yet. And I think that's going to be that's going to be the biggest problem, I think, so far for Memphis this year. I'm just not as discouraged as everybody else. I suppose. So I guess I'm going to be on a little bit of an island today. Um, w- was it bad in that first half? It was awful. There's no question about it. But you, you say it was garbage time. Mississippi State, as far as I'm concerned, still had starters out there. It looked like they were trying to run it up to me mm-hmm. in a second half that was 21-20. Yeah. You made some adjustments, and you were certainly more effective in the second. Anything would have been more effective. It was night and day. You you did nothing in the first half. I thought Memphis made some adjustments. Were the missed tackles on defense concerning? Absolutely they were. But what I saw was a team that, again, like we said, was going to be forced to play catch-up after probably Mississippi State catching fire early on, and that's what happened. A Mississippi State that was hell-bent on revenge and that pretty much brought just about everybody back, the most important guys back from last year's team. So there was always going to be, and, and you heard me beforehand, I said I think this team's going to take a step up this year. I think they're going to win the Egg Bowl. They're going to be better than Ole Miss this year. So, so again, to make these sweeping statements off this one loss to an SEC team that you were supposed to lose to, come back to me after Navy. No, that's fair. Because we said this, and frankly – if you look at the way Memphis ran the ball, I realize a lot of it came on Ducker's 50-yard, the one he breaks for the, for the touchdown. But Memphis, for the most part, 6.1 yards per carry. When they ran the ball, they were effective. They should have run it more. Yeah. Again, 31 more plays, 32 more plays for Mississippi State than Memphis. The way you keep that from happening is you try to establish the run more. I realize you get behind Jason. How much can they run the ball? But when they did, they were effective. And again, I see that as a, a possible point of strength. 
that one-two matchup. You want? I wanted to see more of Brandon Thomas. He only ended up rushing the ball seven times. Again, a, a lot of that is game script, but I saw something that it could, again, needs to be a strength for Memphis. And from what I saw, again, against Mississippi State, they were 12th against the run last year, bring a lot of people back, 6.1 yards per carry. I was encouraged by that. So, so I'm not going to sit here. We could crap on him all day long. There was enough of that over the weekend. There was enough positives for me that I'm ready to withhold judgment on this team. Like I think we should have until after we see him play a team on the road that just lost to an FCS team. Navy losing to Delaware at home over the weekend. Don't tell me it should. It might be a fight because it's tough up there. Yeah, Delaware just no, it, went it into Annapolis no, and won fourteen seven. No, it can't. And so, look, if we see some of this same stuff off for a half against Navy, yeah, a clearly a bad team this year, then I'll come back and say I'm concerned. A lot of that is what I expected to see, frankly, John, on Saturday night, and and you know. You could say some of it too. I realize you come back from a, from a break that long. You know, guys are going to be they're going to be different than they were going into a two and a half hour b- lightning delay. That said, though, it was pretty much what what I think you and I had both thought it was going to be in the first place yeah, in no, terms it, of score, it, it, yep. in terms of Mississippi State covering. You know how how hell bent they would be on revenge early on, and how Memphis might struggle out of the gates with working in a lot of new guys, especially these receivers. Yep. Too many drops. Eddie Lewis had a couple. Thought he redeemed himself. Caught a touchdown pass. But I, I, I hear you on who's the guy. I'm just not ready to say they don't have any playmakers after you know losing to an SEC team that they were double-digit underdogs to. No, and that's fair, too. At uh, their place. That's fair, too. Uh, I, 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 just, I have less confidence, not about next weekend, but in all, you know, all these swing games at home, right, UCF, Houston, you know, uh, you, you, we've talked about East Carolina. Now, that, now that game? That's a tough in Greenville. Those guys should have beat NC State, and NC State was number thirteen in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, so it gives me less confidence about those matchups, right? Um, I mean, Houston needed what double overtime to win, yeah, against. But UTSA though, Memphis lost to UTSA last year, so you know it's one of those things. I'm just saying, Houston was picked to win the conference, so yeah. I, I'm I'm not saying it's compete for a conference for a conference title time, especially not based on what we saw, but again. The idea that that Memphis can't get this thing back to, to four and one with Houston coming into town, I still feel feel like that's possible. That hasn't changed based on what I saw Saturday night. I still think this team could be four and one. We'll come back. Jessica Benson's going to join us. We'll talk to her about uh, about Memphis and more on the other side. Stick around, Jason and John, ninety turn FM. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or. I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jessica Benson is the host of Rise and Grind on Grind City Media. Catch on the Grizz Radio Network during the Grizzly season. She joins us every single Tuesday, and she joins us now. Jessica, what's happening? Doing well. How are you guys? Uh, obviously been better. Um, you know, and I think that's just the, the, the natural place to start. Um, how exhausting is it in 2022 to be a woman? Oh, man. I mean, this weekend has been one of the ultimate reminders of that. And just thoughts and prayers go to Eliza Fletcher's family and loved ones and all who knew her. Uh, it's just been such a horrifying thing to follow over the holiday weekend. And it's yet another reminder that it's just insanely dangerous to be a woman in this country. And it, it's so gross to have to talk about it. And I'll just put it out there. I'm I'm so sick and tired of the first thing some people's reaction is, is why was she running at this time? She was running at that time because that's what fit her schedule. That's what works. Some of us have to run. Right. Some of us can't run on a treadmill. I personally, my doctor told me either you run outside or you stop running because treadmills aren't good for your knees anymore at this stage. So it's not as simple as, you know, running was something she loved. <laughs> that, was, that was something that she enjoyed doing. And we shouldn't have to feel like, oh, shoot. I physically can't do this anymore because this is the risk that I'm taking by doing such a simple activity. Um, so just be, I would tell everyone, be mindful, be cautious in how you frame, you know, conversations around it. And ultimately it's just, it's a tragedy in there. And there's two young boys there and, yep. and a family that's mourning a mom, a wife, all the above. Um, and, and with you completely, Jessica, our thoughts and prayers being with that family right now and trying to give them their privacy. In, in terms of what we saw over the weekend from a sports standpoint and what we saw in Starkville in particular, did your feelings about Memphis and expectations in terms of the Tigers this season, did they change at all based on, on that lopsided defeat they suffered at the hands of Mississippi State? Yeah. I just asked. I have to be honest. I mean, even though they were underdogs and even though some looked at this game as somewhat of a freebie because, of course, you're going to lose against an angry Mississippi State team and going to Starkville and probably taking on the toughest team you'll face all season, which you can at least glass half full that part of it. But the product that they put on the field, particularly in the first half of that game, I thought was worst-case scenario for week one. And that's because there just wasn't a whole lot to be excited about. <laughs> there weren't playmakers to get behind. Yes, you get Javon Decker's big 50-yard touchdown run, and that was fun. And establishing the run against an SEC line is hard. It's tough. It should be better perhaps next week against a Navy team who lost to Delaware and the Blue Hens. And Delaware, I think, had 13 rushing yards in that win. So you hope there's adjustments to be made. You don't want to just beat maybe You want to beat them handedly at this point. But I couldn't help but think Memphis 
really feels as if it's lost its brand and its identity and that, that fun, imaginative track meets of games that they used to get into. Now it's more missed tackles, drop passes, piling on some penalties. It's kind of a bummer. You know, I, I noticed that anecdotally, there's like this new hashtag out there um, that I, I think it's a little early to, to, to be on, but you're starting to see the cracks a little bit, right? And And once they happen, it's hard to get back. I mean, do you think it's it's still you know capable, or is it one of those things where once you lose it, you lose it? In terms of just you know the 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 mystique, in terms of the momentum, in terms of all of these things, can you get it back, or is it one of those things where once it's gone, it's gone? You can always get it back. You just have to win games. It's not, and you have to put an, an entertaining product on the field. So I don't think it's completely devolved out. Listen, I'm rooting for Ryan Silverfield. I'm rooting for us all to get back to that joy that was watching the, the transitional period between the incredible final year of Mike Norvell and the Cotton Bowl season, college game day coming to Memphis, and then Ryan Silverfield getting dealt a really difficult hand of taking over a team that was at a high point and ultimately having to face COVID and the weirdness in seasons going forward with that. And now you have a situation where week one felt a little unravelry, but he has Seth Hennigan still saying good things about both coordinators. He's saying good things about both coordinators. You don't want to completely tank a season over a week one loss to an SEC team that you were by all means supposed to lose to. But I also think it's fair for fans to kind of mourn, wow, it wasn't that long ago where you were beating some SEC teams early in the week or, or early in the season or ranked teams early in the season, and that certainly put a much better buzz going into the rest of the year back then. I, just, I got a feeling Memphis going to look a lot better against Navy and hopefully can still get to a point where we're looking at maybe a 4-1 and one record before uh, – as they before they take on Houston here, uh, a little bit more you know broader question here in terms of the rest of the weekend and what we saw nationally, especially from the big powers. Did Alabama and and, and Georgia sort of show us that there's levels to this and and they're on it? And if so, if they're above everybody else, is Ohio State there based on what we saw? You know, the twenty one ten over Notre Dame, and which what I mean, Notre Dame took a lead into the. Into the half, a lot of people are saying, well, maybe Ohio State's not that team we thought they were. Where are you on the three of them and whether they're a cut above the rest? Why are we not putting USC as number four? Who took rice. rice. It was Rice, six, Jessica. Not yet. I don't care. The, the, the 14 is, is why. That's why. You can't let Rice <laughs> score 14. 14. Yeah. Okay, they scored on their first two possessions and then never scored the rest of the game. And I think USC wanted up to like 63 total yards in the second half. But I digress. I was Calm thrilled down. with the, uh, the beginning yeah. of the Lincoln-Riley, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison time at USC. Yeah, no, I think even more so than Alabama and Ohio State, I, Georgia just looked unbelievable. Yes, they do. <laughs> I mean, yep. and Oregon looked terrible. Like, let me be perfectly clear. Yes. they... And now I'm in a weird, like, limbo mode of being a Pac-12 fan because, like I said, I technically have to ride and die with the Pac-12 as I have my entire life. But watching Oregon get scored on on seven of the first eight drops, it was just it was a travesty. I think Georgia should be the number one team in the country. But just the fact alone that they lost 15 players in the NFL draft and you're still sitting in this space where they're not just winning, they're dominating a ranked team. Did Oregon deserve to be ranked that high? No, probably not. Is Bo Nix the answer? No, probably not. And I don't think Bo Nix ever wants to play Georgia again in his life. And I'm not sure Bo Nix is going to be the starting quarterback at Oregon for the entirety of the season. So I don't think their season is 
all but lost. It was a pretty devastating start to the year. Justin Bennett suddenly, not suddenly, but you have someone who won a national championship and now looks even more composed and, and looks ready to command the offense in another year. I just think Georgia's, it's far away when you watch it, the stars stand out. Even, uh, what was that kid's name? The freshman, Malachi Smith, who had that interception. I mean, dang, they just keep unloading. And it's, it's going to be another year where the Georgia Bulldogs are dominating the conversation. And I'm sure Alabama and Ohio State, they both looked great. No, but I, 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 I think Alabama, like, State. deserves to have a say. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, but, like. Was Utah State, yeah. though, to a point, I mean, They killed them. Yeah. I mean, they destroyed them. Right, and Utah State, they won the Mountain West last year. So it's not like it's a freebie of Mountain West opponent. But, I don't know, I just. The eyeballs, and, and definitely could be susceptible to, like, big game bias because that was one of those premier middle of the afternoon. You're coming off out of the wild early window of the day with all of those games, and you were ready to watch what, what could have been a fun one between Georgia and Oregon, and it felt like it was over within five minutes of that game. It, it, was, a, it was a pretty impressive opening weekend for the SEC. Big shocker there. Although, old friend Mike Norvell did claim a win. Over an SEC team this weekend, can that? I know it's not like, and it was it was like funky, and like he he almost like choked it away, and that would have been a whole different you know t- conversation here on Tuesday. But he did get the win; he got the block there at the end on the extra point. Is that the kind of win, even though LSU's not ranked and not what they're ultimately going to be under Brian Kelly, that can restore some faith for a guy who's sort of been struggling there in Tallahassee? Is that enough? Can that do it? Absolutely. Like, I'm not sure it's whatever their players have Florida State is back. Let's like pump the brakes a little bit because LSU certainly isn't back. But I do think it was undeniably a statement win for Florida State because there were times in the last couple of seasons, many seasons, uh, where they would have lost a game like that. So you're up two touchdowns, and then the thread starts to unravel, and it's like, does Florida State know how to win? And I'm not necessarily saying they know how to win because they got luck on their side and a block to take wonderful way to end it all. And they still did let LSU march 99 yards down the field in like a minute flat. But I will say, if you're talking about the alternative, that Mike Norvell conversation gets real spicy down there in Tallahassee. And instead, you have some goodness and you get a little bit of goodwill to go into the rest of the season with. And the ACC, like, listen, I unfortunately watched the Clemson Georgia Tech game last night, and I'm not super sold on Clemson, so who knows where Florida State could be in the ACC, especially, I think they play Clemson October 15th. That's when you'll actually know what's up with this team, but for this week, it was nice to see Mike Norvell celebrating. It was fun to see the video of him like, chasing after his team in the locker room. That exuberance and joy, he deserved that moment. Did you see Mac Brown dancing after his defense gave up 40 in the fourth? I felt a little sad watching that. That felt a little cringe to me. What did you think? I know they won the game. But come on. I felt a little sad as well. I yes. think both Norvell's reaction, Mac Brown's reaction. And man, like the ACC avoided nearly complete disaster for the entirety of the weekend. And they got gifts with some mixed extra points for East Carolina, the two failed two point tries for App State, and then, of course, the block kick for LSU. But I honestly think, like, when, in thinking back on the weekend, I know the Florida State LSU game was the only game on Sunday, so a lot of people were watching it, or the only primetime game, and it was a lot of fun. But that App State North Carolina game, I think that was the game of the weekend. Oh, it's crazy. That was just absolutely absurd. And juxtaposing it, with the Iowa South Dakota State game that was going on at the same time, where it was a nice little measly seven to three, and then you have 
a 63-61 game with the team scoring 40 points in the fourth quarter. It was just, I was almost going to swear, it was baloney, but it was great. <laughs> Were you locked into uh, Serena's last match on Friday night? I was. I wasn't as locked in as I had been dedicatedly locked in throughout the week. Chris took me on a nice little date night on Friday night. I had been saying that I wanted a hibachi dinner since we got home from our honeymoon and wedding, and he surprised me and took me to the Nagasaki Inn. And so we proceeded to get a little ice cream sundae at the end and watched Serena play out, and it was just really emotional. I always remember where I, I watched her final match or what's assumed to be her final match. I know she refuses to use the word retired, but as she evolves into this next chapter, but she just meant so much, not just for the sport of tennis, but just women in sports period. And what she did for tennis specifically and putting eyeballs on it and getting it in primetime center court, that's just major. And I'll miss, I'll miss that piece of Serena's life, but I'm really excited to see what this next chapter looks like for her too. I am too. I'm also excited to see what this John Morant signature shoe looks like next summer. Did you read Ooh. about this? Can you even talk? Can you talk about this, Jessica, or is this something? I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. But I, I would, it's I'll better to ask for permission than for, uh, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> that is always true. I mean, I, I certainly hope that he's getting a signature shoe. I'll put it that way. Uh, let me ask you this. Could it be more successful than Penny's? When, it, when it's all said and done. Now, now, Jason. Oh, Jason man. is really drinking oh, the Kool Aid today. <laughs> you getting a little out of control. Um, when it's all said and done, could he be more worldwide? Yeah, I, I think when it's all said and done. I mean, John Morant, as we talked about, has all of the the building to be a true worldwide superstar that lasts, not just a flash in the pan, but someone who who changes the game, who changes things for Memphis. Uh, who is so easy to root for and so fun to watch that, that people want to be a fan. I just think pennies are such a mm, – The longevity, I guess. It's true. Yeah. It's hard. But, but that's us saying it. You know, if you ask a, like, 12-year-old today, I'm sure they would have a very different response. But for us, it elicits, you know, that nostalgic emotion with it, too. So I guess, you know, you can always have that next generation usurp eventually. But that was so weird to say. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we got to pump the bread. We got to first of all, we got to see the shoe first. I think that's very important. We need to see what it looks like, you know, mm-hmm. because there there are some shoes out there that John's are not going to put out any crap. No, I, 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 I was going to say John's very specific. There's too with much swagger, his right? Brand, the fashion, right. like that's. I, but, but for 110 bucks now, for 110 bucks, you're not going to be able to go crazy. See, Jesse, I think that's very smart to put it 110. That's how you do. That's how you. Yeah. T- everybody can get you know as affordable as one ten can be. Certainly more affordable than other superstar shoes we've seen, like LeBron's and and I guess Giannis's are pretty cheap. But I, I think the one ten smart. We don't want to press you too hard on this, Jess. I, got, I bet you're going to have you. all three colorways though <laughs> when these things come out. I might. Yeah. I just might. What were the colorways again? Uh, it's fan phantom. It's like a, a, a green and white, a little bit of gray in it. Then a cobalt bliss. Got and then game yeah, game yeah. royal, which is a uh, black university red and some photo blue. So I don't know. We haven't seen the pictures, but we apparently have the colors at least reported. It's That's exciting. An option. Yeah, it is exciting time. Just the fact that a Grizzlies player could hypothetically be getting a exactly That's exactly. That's big time. Yep. Jessica, appreciate you. You're de- big time. You deserve a Thank signature. You, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. I'll talk to you next week. Yep. yep. She is Jessica Benson. Joining us every single Tuesday here on the show. Now you telling me pump brakes? Yeah, you got to calm down a little you think bit. It's bro. A, you seem to be too concerned about the price that 
he'd, he'd never pass Penny just no, I, because these are going to be some cheap shoes compared to his. I mean, yeah, that that is a factor. I mean, when you have a you know, but Penny, maybe they'll go. With, he'll end up with different levels to this. I would think. Maybe I don't know. I don't. Oh, dude, that I, part of well, what's me, made Kyrie so successful, and again, they're ending that despite the success. Nike is is the affordability of them. Like you can get your kids in those Kyries at an affordable. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 